Welcome to Savage Minds. I'm your host, Julian Vigo. We're back with another episode with Graham Linehan, a comedy writer and director behind such shows as Father Ted, The IT Crowd, and Black Books. Graham also wrote the stage version of The Lady Killers and is working on the Father Ted musical. Welcome, Graham, to Savage Minds. Let's just start off with this little tidbit of, I, you know, was hearing the news about the vigil, and then I heard about the negative coverage of the police. And I thought my first instinct, Graham, was, hmm, yeah. groups don't get covered like this. That was my gut instinct. I said, mm, this sounds like it might have some of our friends in the mix. And sure enough, I read about, you know, it was Sisters Uncut, which are a lot of men are in that group. Uh, then I joined some groups over the past week related to women's rights in the UK on the streets to include the group of Reclaim the Streets. Basically, I've had a lot of comments taken down. And my comments, I'll just read one from yesterday. I find it odd that in a group about women's rights, women are having their comments removed for stating that men are not women and men are coming on here to harass women about that fact. Why are men in here to shut women down? The women, we can only presume they're women. They could be men running the group. Who knows anymore? And, you know, I'm just thinking, well, of course this was the ultimate brilliant idea of trans activists, which was to harness language, pervert it, manipulate it, and own it, such that now I'm in a group with other women, and our comments are being systematically removed for saying that men are not women. So how can you talk about women's rights when you're yeah. being told that men are women? I know. I, that, that, that to me is like, I mean, one thing that I used to get when I started off in this activism was, was um, what's it got to do with you? You know, which I, first of all, I thought, you know, don't you, don't you have a mother? Don't you have a sister or a wife? Or, you know, what, what do you mean? What's it got to do with me? But, but, but beyond that is the fact that I'm a writer and, uh, you know, the words are, are important to me. They need to mean what they mean or uh, it's chaos. And we're seeing, we're seeing that, that chaos start to play out in things like the uh, that demonstration. Well, yes, and the question they posed you is even in itself transphobic. They're assuming your gender, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's uh, yeah. I the whole thing is so confused and confusing. And the worst thing about it is, um, there's a lot of people who should be acting as the adults in the room at the moment, but. They they just think, oh, the young people, they know what's going on. I, I'm old. I don't really understand this, but they seem to they seem to know what's what's happening. So I'll 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 trust them on this, you know? And and they're leading them down this path that's just crazy. Like for instance, the, the best example I can think of is the term trans conversion therapy. Because as you and I know. Uh, what they call conversion, uh, what they call conversion therapy, it, it's so hard to talk about because they've made, because first of all, the word trans is, can mean anything anyone wants it to mean. That's the first thing. Second of all, conversion therapy, um, it makes sense when you're talking about gay people, but when you're talking about trans people, when you're saying you won't, con it's so hard to talk about. That's why. That's I, I, that's another reason I just find it so 
extraordinarily interesting as well. But but essentially, uh, transing children, for instance, is gay conversion therapy. You know, and these these people who should be the adults in the room, they are letting gay conversion therapy in through the back door by trying to ban something called trans conversion therapy. <laughs> so you have a situation where people are fighting gay conversion therapy and trans conversion therapy, and they cancel each other out and they don't even know it. And they don't know it because they just think, oh, you know, Stonewall wouldn't lie to us. Um, uh, you know, the, the GLAD wouldn't lie to us. Um, they must know what they're talking about. They know more than me about these issues. So I'll just go along with it. So it's it's very it's very frightening and and um, it's very frightening because as I just proved, it's so hard to talk about. It's so hard to talk about, and there's not not just that, but there are so many tripwires in the conversation that unless you step as gingerly as you possibly can and watch your language at every moment, you will trip one of those wires, and you know your your career could be over. So it's, it's, it's an extraordinary moment in history, I think. We're seeing that those who can speak out are people, not that you and I have not suffered because of this, I have. I have been sent an email by an editor at Slate that let me know under no certain terms would I ever be writing for them. And um, I'm, you know, I've been harassed. Mm. I, when I was teaching at Goldsmiths after my first article went out on this, um, mysteriously, I was not invited back. I had a, a visiting professorship there. And, you know, fair enough. Uh, I guess you know, we could argue everyone's free to choose in that capitalistic way. But, you know, we are freer in the sense of, uh, as a journalist, I can pitch to places that will run me. I run the risk, of course, of being accused of collaborating with the right, because as we know, left-wing media will not publish articles mm. on this subject. So of course it's the Daily Mail and the Times and the, you know, the, the yeah. more conservative papers that are doing this. But then, you know, as you mentioned, the adults in the room, as we saw a couple of weeks ago in the House of Lords, it's the very people, I swear, I, you could have hit me with a brick. I was shocked to see that the people that I had decried in the 80s, the group of the elites were the ones defending the rights of women and material reality. The House of Lords is far more Marxist than the Labour Party at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not just it's not just that. I've every every kind of um, ideological, political ideological underpinning uh, of my life has been completely taken away. You know, what I say, what I say to people when they talk about, um, first of all, the thing about aligning with the right, you know, as you, you and I know, the, the, the vast majority of, of women who are fighting this stuff in the UK are on the left. Um, and uh, the right are, yeah, catching up, <laughs> but the left were the ones who first saw this, um, this uh, problem coming. Um, but, but the uh, although I think it may even have been seen long before. I remember years ago we would all make fun of conservative politicians who were who would say outlandish things like people couldn't marry their fathers and all this sort of stuff, you know. But but the the stuff coming out of queer theory isn't that far away from 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 that type of language, you know. But 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 the thing is, um, as far as the um, uh, as far as the left goes on this. Um, 
the right have done many things and I've, I've fought them a lot, you know, and I fought them in my belligerent, uh, angry way, which I am, I am not as proud of as I used to be, <laughs> because I think I now realize that I was kind of aping the snide, superior, morally um, high horsing, <laughs> the moral high horsing uh, that I'm seeing on the left now. But, the, but you know, and I, I for instance, I, I, I fought very hard during the abortion referendum in Ireland to get to get uh, abortion legalized. Um, but I've never I never saw the right do th something like this, like the right, you know, the worst the worst things the right have done in America, the abortion, um, uh, the abortion, uh, the draconian abortion laws in some states you know, are absolutely horrifying and dreadful. But they have never actually tried to erase the meaning of the word woman. And that's what the left are doing. And, and when the left started doing that, I thought, oh, no, 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 there must be a mistake. I'll just explain. And my, my lovely friends on the left will, will agree with me because they'll see how evil and misogynistic and horrible it was. And they never did. They never did. They just kind of... Um, kept going and I realize now that it's more than a um it, it, you know you can't appeal to people who are doing things for reasons of uh political advantage I mean I think someone like Owen Jones um I think he just he just sees that the wind is uh, you know in his sails so he's going to do this whatever happens you know I don't think he believes for a second that meant people with a penis are, are, are women but he has just made a political decision. And it's that kind of, um, it's that kind of political uh, maneuvering that I actually thought, and I'm ashamed to say I thought this, that I thought most people on the left were above. I didn't think they would ever, I thought they were working, I thought we were working for a moral purpose. Um, and, I, and now I see that it, it's much. It is very strange to see him do that. I've often wanted to punk him. <laughs> and go into a bar, you know, one of the gay bars that's in Soho and just sit down and say and chat him up and say, wait, why are you getting up? I'm a man. And just go in as I'm dressed. You know, I wear jeans. So I guess in their books, I'm a man. Mm. And um, and just say, no, I have a, a male clitoris. Can you please <laughs> suck it? And, um, oh, and see how he, you know, you know, <laughs> The yeah. kind of rubbish that he has sat on and told women to take, he would never tolerate. And you know these people behind closed doors. I'm sure you don't see all the women and so many women cheerleaders for these you know, men who identify as transgender. You know that in a pinch, they're not in the bathrooms turning to these men saying, do you have a name the feminine hygiene mm. product? Mm. And everyone knows what a man and a woman is. So we're in this battle of bad faith layered on top of political correctness, layered on top of, I hate to say it, but I do think flailing economies and jobs that are built upon this are part of it. Like yeah. I, I interviewed Chris Elston the other day and I asked him about you know a video that some feminists were critiquing where he's crossing the crosswalk of a woman who basically had aggressed him and he turned on his camera and said, educate me. You're a 
gender specialist. This is the thing. When people have jobs like gender specialists, we've seen them. If you go to some of the sites that oh, yeah. specialize in transgender identity, there are voice coaches specifically for, really tightly specific for men who identify as women or vice versa. So you can, you know, Graham, you could do script writing for <clears throat> fledgling trans identified writers. And why not? There's a whole market in there. Oh, well, you know, I mean, one of the things, one of the reasons I think that the um, uh, backlash to uh, uh, feminists is so uh, is so vicious on this front is because uh, for a lot of people, we are we are undermining their bottom line. Like, you know, first of all, you get the the begging for money for uh, procedures that will probably mm -hmm. not happen. Uh, second of all, you have these poor you know, kids who who have grown up with porn, and you know, they're they're I call it disappearing into porn. You know, they 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 they're they're not like they don't think they're women. They think they're pornographic views of women, and then they set up an OnlyFans. You know, and then they they um, they uh, they 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 kind of uh, what's the word proselytize for um, the sex industry because it's their bottom line now. You know. So you got a kind of a, a, a you got a, a, an economy where people are are their own pimps. These men are acting as their own pimps and the kind of um, stars of their little porno shows, and you know it's making them money. Trans porn is the highest um, the highest climbing search on Pornhub apparently. You know, so it's 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 there's a whole economy growing here, and I really think it's you know. It's desperately sad because it's all these left-wing people. These are the same left-wing people as well who, when a woman is thrown off um, Twitter, they'll say, well, corporations have, have rules. <laughs> you know, there was a guy, there was a guy in the UK who got Mar Margaret Nelson, who's like this uh, old um, uh, elderly, um, uh, you know, uh, feminist. And, and he got her uh, suspended or got her account taken down for a day or two. Or I can't remember what it was exactly, you know. Um, his, his, the name of the guy who got her taken down, Leftist Rage, <laughs> you know? And they're working with corporations to silence women. So it's, it's you know, it, it's like capitalism's greatest joke, you know, on these left-wing people who are just working for corporations and working for the porn industry. Well, it's also a machinery that's, I think, invisible to many people who just want to get over lockdown, get back to work. But people are sort of confused on Reclaim the Streets, the group I'm currently banned from commenting in until mid-April. I love it that I have like a, a penal sentence, a Facebook prison sentence. Yeah. And, uh, and I was banned not by Facebook, by the moderators. Someone came on and he was very innocent. He says, I've seen this term and I don't understand what it means, turf. Yeah. Of course, everyone was saying, you know, their de definition of turf, which was, of course, transphobic women. Mm. And I came on and I said, well, it's a slur and it's the 21st century version, version of, of bitch. Yeah, yeah etc. Yeah. And yeah. so they took mine off. But here are some of the comments. Someone who doesn't consider trans women to be women and therefore discounts them within their supposed feminism. <laughs> and trans exclusionary radical feminists. I've also heard them called farts. Feminism appropriating reactionary transphobe, which is more accurate. And you read through these comments by men and women, it's a boatload of misogyny. And it's really troubling to see that 
a group reclaim the streets, ostensibly about my rights to be able to walk home and not be kidnapped, murdered, raped, is yeah. now being policed in various formats. The language, we can't say woman anymore, Graham, and everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah. So we have to say female born, like all the uh, redundancies that go on, a female sex born, you know, and you're like, wait, it used to just be woman, but whatever. Oh, oh, I was talking to someone yesterday about this, and I thought the amount of energy we're now expending on when someone says, oh, it's such and such a thing was done by uh, a, 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 someone called Sarah Blah. And we always have to ask, is Sarah a man or a woman? And just that extra little bit of incremental effort, it all adds up eventually. And it's so exhausting, you know, it's so exhausting. And we take words though, and this is like, words are how we communicate with each other, but they're also how we communicate with ourselves. It's thought. And yeah. I kept thinking about this in terms of some of the earlier phenomenologists, you know, Husserl, for instance. And I would be very interested to see someone write more philosophy about the hijacking of language. And it's directed always at us. I mean, you know, we're cervix havers and I have yet to see any NHS body, any charity dedicated towards prostate cancer saying prostate havers, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. and, and we are we're, we're rendered into parts. I feel like women are back on the chopping block. And in a way, it's worse than during the suffragette movement, because at least people could say women. I mean, women were oppressed, but everyone knew what a woman was. Now what we have is everyone knows what a woman is, but they're pretending that men are women. And they're using that as a cudgel to beat us down and then to turn around the victimization narrative into men being victims. So here's a thought, Graham. And I've been really just because I've been doing a lot of uh, writing and shows on this after avoiding it for a while because it, it makes me angry. I curse a lot. I have to pull out the swear jar at home. I, I dislike this subject because, you know, I, we're, we're saying that water is wet. There's nothing more evident that sex is immutable, that sex is binary, and that gender is not sex, but whatever. And I thought, I kept thinking, you know, is this about, is this just a delayed or an overspill of men's rights activism, even incels, because a lot of this grouping of people comes off as being very incel-like in the way they speak to us online, especially. Oh. And what is it about their rights? I feel like these are men who feel like they can't own up to being part of that group of men who are like saying, yes, I know that we have to do better for women. They don't want to opt into fessing up to their part of, let's say, what the feminists call patriarchy. They want a, a get out of jail card. They want to not have to discuss being men. And their way of asserting their real womanhood is to hijack women's spaces, women's rights, to force us to parrot their language, what Jordan Peterson warned about years ago, compelled speech. And this becomes a kind of autogynophilia by proxy on a social platform. It's not about underwear anymore. It's about, I, I sort of feel like I'm involved in someone's private sexual fantasies if I'm therefore being compelled to say she and you really are a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a horrific form of control. And the, the, the thing that, that 
you know, I've got a, I've got a trial coming up. Uh, I, I'm being sued by a certain person who, who sued me before, and uh, I'm hoping this time that we get to expose this person for what they are. But, um, but I'm, I'm thinking about the being appearing as a witness in this, and I'm wondering if, the, if the judge is going to force me to say she, and I might have to refuse because um, I, I'm going to be on oath. <laughs> you know, so. I'm not calling a man she, you know, no way, no way. And I want, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll, 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 you know, take whatever punishment there is, but I'm not doing it. You know, I, it's too, um, you know, the same thing happened. I mean, you know this, the same thing happened with Maria McLaughlin, who was punched on speaker's corner by Tara White, uh, who's like a 20, 20 year, 20 year old man. And, you know, he, they, by the way, you may not know this, but Tara White is now in Thailand uh, kickboxing against men. And he was interviewed about it. And they said, yes, you, I'm not allowed to fight against women in Thailand, but I hope to fight against women one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's like he's going up a class, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, it's it's um, I, yeah, I totally agree. I won't I won't participate uh, now. You know, there's 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 certain people who I really love because because they have defended me and stood up for me mm -hmm. and provided a very strong counter narrative to the one that's currently um, at play, which is that I'm anti-trans and transphobic. People like Debbie Hayton and and uh, Christina Harrison have been wonderful. And um, you know, in private with them, I would definitely use female pronouns, but I wouldn't use them publicly because, you know, I think Christina and Debbie know that the two, it, they've taken too many, they've taken too much, they've stepped over the line so many times that that they, I think Debbie and, and, and Christina would, would not feel, you know, mortified if I if I just avoided the, the, the their pronouns on you know in public because I won't do it to women I won't do I won't play along with it you know for 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 anyone's sake you know um uh and I hope they would understand I think they would um I, I remember Fiona Orlander who's another wonderful ally um Fiona said something like um you know what someone said what do you want people to call you and and Fiona said said um he is fine she is nice and something else and i thought well that's lovely <laughs> and that's how it that's how it used to be that how you know that's there was a kind of a uh you know it, it would be a nice thing to do for this person who's suffering from dysphoria to call her she called she you know um right but right. but it's just been the line the line is so far back now we can't even see it and and we're working now behind enemy lines where misogynists and uh, sadists and uh, bullies are using female pronouns to to uh, attack women so yeah so it's 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 very um, it's it's a difficult aspect of this whole fight how to how to uh, you know honor the allies who've been standing standing uh, by women all through this I know a lot of feminists have had issues with, let's say, the fundraising for surgeries by many of these transgender identified men and women, mostly. Well, now you're seeing over 20,000 GoFundMe posts for double mastectomies by girls and women asking for funding for Correct. that. And there are feminists who take issue saying, well, if we're nice to, you know, every 
person that we like in our personal circle who identifies as trans, then we're sort of making own goals. And so I have also, like you politically, just made the move to not use preferred pronouns. And because of lockdown, I haven't had any interaction with humans outside of my family for the past year, but I'm going to stick to them. Because I was in New York when the whole queer nomenclature entered into our lexicon. It was a way of saying gay, but somehow it was not supposed to be as alarming as gay or lesbian. And I thought, oh, is this just being nice? And then people would say, oh, it's just a new way of being in the world. So I used it for a little bit, but then I realized it was silly too, because we were seeing what a friend of mine at the time called queer face, where straight women who slept with a woman once or straight men with a fringe would call themselves queer. And it became this sort of access to all identities. And I was thinking, "Mm, why is this happening? Uh, And it was happening in the late 90s around, again, I always point to the entrance of Crixivan into the market where uh, AIDS was treatable as much as type, you know, uh, to diabetes. And people were able to live longer and not be on their deathbeds necessarily because the previous drugs were not doing the trick. You would maybe live long life with AZT, but probably not. So the entrance of that gave gay organizations a new body to search for, as it were. And I think there's a lot to be said about what NGOs do when their mandate runs out, when the flood is cured, when the famine is over, and what do they do? And I've seen this from within the UN as well. There's always a hunt for the next disaster, where we can go. And sometimes these disasters are completely legitimate, and sometimes they cause in themselves uh, more human rights disasters. And Haiti's a good example of that. I've done a lot of work there uh, because Haiti is a disaster site that was created primarily by the United States from the 1950s onward and the US intervention and the dictatorship and the, that Haiti was a very rich country before the US got its hands on it. So I think I wonder that so many years have gone by now and it's been since the late 90s that the T was added on to the LGB. I was living in Europe. I moved back to New York in 2002 and I'm like, what's the T doing here? And people explained to me, oh, transgender. And I was like, well, what has that to do with us? It has mm. z- zero to do with us. No offense to these people, but it's sort of like if you have a writer's union and they add plumbers to it, you'd be <laughs> like, well, what are plumbers doing in our writing union, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, you know, there's a, it's an ingredient that doesn't go with LGB. It's straight people. (laughs) You're you're, you're mixing in the ingredients of straight people. Any man who says he's a woman and a lesbian is a straight person, you know? So it's, it's, as soon as you make that, uh, uh, as soon as you uh, transgress in that way, as soon as you um, uh, break that barrier and allow straight people to identify as somehow part of the LGB movement, then again, it's just this inversion of reality that that makes everything impossible to talk about. This is the thing, though, you know, with with Tara Wolf beating up Maria McLachlan at Speaker's Corner, which sort of launched a lot of very good groups from what Venice Allen did and Women's Place UK. It was 
a really eye-opening moment for people who read the articles. But then I wonder, going back to some of our allies who are trans-identified or the notion that there is real gender dysphoria and then there's social contagion afoot, which is the vast majority, how, mm. what do we do? I mean, what are the answers here, Graham? Because I've thought about this long and hard. And I just thought, at one point I said, the big mistake was mandating the change of sex to include those who really are gender dysphoric. What other medical or psychological condition is there on the planet where the cure is, we'll change your records? None. I know, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, very, it's a very odd one. I think, you know, I mean, I, I always like Debbie Hayden when she talks about, oops, sorry, I, I always like Debbie Hayden when Debbie talks about this stuff because, um, you know, Debbie, one of Deb, Debbie had a list of things uh, um, about about the situation. And one of them was simply, we can't play women's sports. It's that simple. We, we can't play women's sports. <laughs> I thought, that's great. That's great. You know, and, 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 and so I, I think, you know, the way forward, I mean, I, I know a lot of people in the feminist movement distrust Debbie and a lot of, especially because Debbie is admitted to being AGP and, and so on and so forth. Um, but I do think that Debbie is really, really trying to, uh, to, I mean, I don't think Debbie, I don't know. I, I think Debbie is trying and changing all the time and adjusting uh, 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 their viewpoint and making, um, but, 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 but it's all to, battle this stuff and it's all to fight this stuff. So I think there are people like Debbie, Karina Cohn in, in America is another example. Um, uh, a lot, a few, quite a few trans, uh, trans men um, are, are, are being very wise and, 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 and smart about this. And, and again, brilliant allies. So, you know, I, I think we've just got to, to listen to them, you know, the ones you don't have to listen to are the ones who call people bigots, who call J.K. Rowling, a, 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 you know, a, a hate, say she's responsible for hate speech. These are the people you just don't have to listen to, you know. Um, but it's the other people, the 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 allies, who I think will probably, if if we listen to them, will 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 help us find a way out of the woods, because at the moment, you know, as you say, the the trans demographic is just full of day trippers, you know, of, is full of, is full of um, uh, men who see an opening, you know, I, I don't know if you saw Dave Chappelle's special. Um, oh, yes. But when he talks about the, the guy who describes himself as queer, leaning into the car window, <laughs> looking at the four people inside and going, I just want to get in this car. You know, that's, that's, that's like what a, a lot of people are like out there. You know, these are people who've grown up with porn. And are just kind of priapic, you know, and, and and perpetually aroused by the opportunities that come from this blurring of boundaries. You know, these are not people who are going to help you find a way forward. But but someone like Deb. True, but the same feminists that would critique any allyship with trans-identified people, they make a good point in the sense of if we start dividing the good trans from the bad trans. I'm using in quoting marks this, yeah. the ones who really suffer from gender dysphoria, from the ones who don't, we risk repeating this all over in the sense of there are those, I, well, do you remember the debate with Blair White 
and Jonathan Yaniv. And there was a point when Blair said something to, to Yaniv about how he takes no care or concern to look like a woman. Well, mm. Blair White, <laughs> it's quite, it was quite an interesting moment in that YouTube video because uh, White was making an argument that feminists were making all along in the sense of you're saying that we have to trust you because you're dolling up, but not him because he's not dolling up. And then, you know, again, dissect that a bit. And then are we supposed to be propping up those men who go to the lengths to get fat injected in their lips and to look like some kind of pinup doll uh, and, and then discard the ugly ones, which is what the feminists say is done to women across society, because we know that's that to be true. And in a sense, we're making looking and being more authentic as a woman into a Miss America contest. And I do have problems with that on the one hand. And on the other, I think we have to be very careful, like how to say this. I've stopped using the terms trans woman and trans men as well. I've been yes, doing this for some do time because I think that's also part of the language that the problem is that we, we impose everything within a reality that someone can really be a trans child, as Heather Brunskill Evans tells me, this is an invention. Well, mm. so too are all of these identities. So like Miranda Yardley, who I know in real life, is very lovely and he's very open about the fact of how he came to identifying as transgender and what that has entailed for him. But if you look at Miranda Yardley, you know, you can also see someone who might be as much goth as, as, as he is male or as some woke folk might say, transgender woman, you're misgendering him or her. And yes. so it, it becomes this, what I call the Moebius strip where language becomes that which is pulling us under all the time. And yeah. instead of us getting caught up in this, why am I banned from posting for you know 20 days? because I have said that men are not women, something that you couldn't pass the high school test in America or the GSCs in the UK to leave secondary education claiming that sex is mutable or claiming that male and female are fictions. Yeah, I agree that, that, that every word is tied to the word next to it. And one, once one word is pulling you down into, into unreason, then uh, a lot of other words will as well. But, you know, all you can, I mean, you know, Miranda, for instance, uh, I believe insists on male pronouns, you know, mm -hmm. and when Miranda is out with feminists, Miranda really dresses down, <laughs> you know, Miranda is extremely respectful and, um, you know, uh, just, again, a great ally. But I do know what you mean. It's it's a difficult one. I, I always say trans identified male. Yeah. Uh, I am not so strict with trans men as a word simply because I feel that women are the ones who get the um, the, the crappy end of the stick uh, in in this ideology and my sympathy is is really I have I have so much sympathy for trans identified women um, uh, but yeah it's 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 it is part of the problem but I'll tell you one thing that's that that the reason that in certainly in the short term I think um, uh, you know, the, I, I believe these issues need to be spoken about once this is over, once this fight is over. But in the short term, the two words that are thrown at us more often than anything else are transphobic and anti-trans, right? So mm -hmm. I just think that 
I just think that people like Corinna, people like Debbie, um, uh, you know, even Blair White, you know, and I agree with you about the way Blair White looks. It, it, it doesn't make a difference to me. But but anyway, like they, they are they are just kind of showing that there is nothing transphobic about being gender critical. There's nothing transphobic. There's nothing anti-trans about being gender critical. You can be trans and you can support women. You know, these are really important things for people to to learn. And it's the reason why, you know, Debbie is despised so much because she has a huge platform with the with the Times. Um, and they absolutely hate her because she's living. Debbie is living proof that you can support women and still be you not only support trans people, but be trans, you know. So so I think I, I know what you're saying. I, I And I think that we need to. You know, we need to we need to start being robust against language again because about language, <laughs> robust about language, not against language. We need to start being robust about language because um, we are seeing now the effects of what happens when you blur what words mean and, uh, in fact, invert what words mean. So, um, so yeah, it's a wider problem. But I think in this current stage of the battle, where you know, sometimes I think we're winning, but most of the time I'm in absolute despair because of some of the craziness that's going on. We, you know, we can't, we can't, um, I feel we can't, you know, dismiss our, 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 our allies who, who identify as trans. It's not dismissing them per se, but I'm wondering if there's another model because you know about how this nomenclature and medical narrative around gender dysphoria began. And I'm just curious if there's another way to address our allies, let's say, who happen to be trans, but without fomenting more of that same narrative because it seems to me in a sense and no disrespect to people with gender dysphoria but we sort of need to move away from the transgender model both medically and sociologically because it's it's doing harm including to these very people oh yeah yeah that's one of my my arguments about this is that you know if we like let me ask you a question do do you do you think do you believe in dysphoria as a as a as a mental condition i think that's a nomenclature and description for something that i don't think is meted out by clinical psychologists or psychiatrists i'll tell you why i've done a lot of work in ethnopsychoanalysis over my career as a scholar in academia and one thing you find out very quickly when you read from Freud through Lacan to some of the women scholars like Melanie Klein or Luce Irigaray, who I've written a lot about Irigaray, is that Freud treats women as a symptom and he also treats women as, as a symptom that can be cured. Now go to Lacan almost 100 years later and you've got woman as lack. And Luce Irigaray addresses this in her writings. I mean, I think she's a must read for anyone who's involved in this topic because she goes right through Freud to Simone de Beauvoir and makes very coherent redressings of the work that's been done in the name of psychoanalysis using the body of woman. And we're seeing it with trans. This is why I'm thinking that gender dysphoria, it's a word. And I do believe that people have issues with their bodies. It could be 
called dysphoria, I think some of it might be dysmorphia. Heather Brunskill-Evans and I have spoken a bit about that. I think that to give a name and a medical treatment for what is an identificatory process, I don't think is appropriate. That's my issue. I'm a big believer in psychoanalysis. I do think people should be able to have a kind of interaction that allows them to work through their identificatory process. In other words, what I'm saying, Graham, is how is it that we have arrived at the moment of treating identity with medicine or treating the way I see myself, the mirror stage of Freud, let's say, with a medical response. And as we're seeing today, a larger social response, the mandating of hate speech, the mandating of preferred pronouns, where writers, journalists like myself, we have to change our pronouns to submit to certain publications or they won't publish us. Yeah. Uh, this is a real problem. It's a, it's a sociological problem and it's an ethical problem at that because we're not challenging ourselves to question, wait a sec, why are we actually demanding that people are being fired for saying something that's a truism? Yes, yes. Well, but, but, but I think if we kind of work backwards from what you just said, I think that's absolutely, you've, you know, obviously bang on. Um, you know, the, it's, it's, it's such a confusing um, uh, wider problem than, than where you started off. And where you started off was, you know, a psychoanalytic approach, a, a, a approach to, to help these very rare individuals who, um, who have this, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, dysmorphia, dysphoria. Um, those people are nowhere near getting the kind of help that you describe. Because as you say, it's been, the term has been widened out or, or it, 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 is, it now belongs to so many people that it describes, for instance, in teenagers, just the general sense of, of unhappiness that teenagers often have, you know? And it's being, it's being used as a, as, a, as a really quick tag to, okay, th this person's problem is they're trans, next, you know? It, it, what it does is it moves us from so far away from finding that psychoanalytic approach or uh, medical approach to this problem, whatever, whatever, whatever approach it needs. We are so far away from finding out what that is because we can't, you know, see the wood for the trees. You know, we, we, we just, mm -hmm. everyone is trans. Everyone is trans. When I, when I started in this fight, every second person was saying to me, well, my friend is trans or my, my, my daughter's trans or, or my, you know, and it's like, well, you know, get in line. Everyone is trans at the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so the, but the thing is, I know um, uh, Malcolm Clark, who, uh, who is one of the uh, uh, people in LGB Alliance? Malcolm used to uh, used to produce the Horizon Science Program, and he said that uh, he he once did a program on people who who wanted to cut their limbs off, right? Mm -hmm. And he said that the the there was a fad, <laughs> very briefly, for saying, "Okay, we'll cut your leg, we'll cut your leg off. If you don't think you want your leg, we'll we'll cut it off." And they cut it off. And these people who had their legs cut off, as soon as it happened, they, it's, it is funny in a way. I don't, it always, it's just such a predicament as, as David Chappelle would say, but like they, they, as soon as their legs were off, they're like, oh, actually, no, I, I now realized I didn't want that at all. <laughs> this is terrible. I now have no leg, you know? 
And right. he said that the treatment of, of actually altering the body, it was very short-lived in everything except this particular problem. And in this particular problem, for some reason, it is still a fashionable um, opinion that, yeah, the answer to your unhappiness is to, uh, is to cut off your uh, breasts or to cut off your penis or whatever it happens to be. So, so there's a, it, it's very frightening really, because, a, you know, how many kids are growing up unhappy thinking that this is the answer and, and, and there's not going to be anything on the other side of this, except the same feeling that those, those people who had their legs cut off, their legs cut off felt, you know, like this is a terrible mistake. You're listening to Savage Minds, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Please consider subscribing. We don't accept any money from corporate or commercial sponsors, and we depend upon listeners and readers just like you. Now, back to our show. Well, from an anthropological perspective, I look at this and I think, wait, we're seeing a culture that's identifying itself primarily through oppression and go figure what countries that really are oppressed by poverty, lack of water, lack of sanitation are looking at us probably thinking white people problems, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. because this is what's going on. And this is happening primarily in the Anglophone countries. It has hit a bit in Spain, a bit in France, but not nearly as much as in Anglophone countries. And people are identifying through oppression. Some critics of feminism have said, well, you brought this all on yourselves because you went through the motions of the politics of oppression back in the day. And now it's come to bite you on the ass. But there's mm. a big difference here. One knows that Rachel Dolezal is not an African-American because material reality. And somehow we accede material reality when we discuss Dolezal. So she was laughed out of town. But mm. this is where the cultural misogyny comes in, where the feminists are absolutely correct. Uh, everyone is bending over backwards to cater to men with feels, who until a few years ago were the majority of referrals to gender clinics. Now, the referrals are mostly female, and it's females who are bearing the burden of physical and transition, hormone transition. And males are often the ones doing nothing to their body saying, but my penis is female. So you have a very interesting reconfirming of sexism. And it's happening mm. by the trans themselves and they can't see it. We see it because mm. it's the men reaping all of the benefits of not doing one thing to their body. Many are not taking hormones anymore. The statistics have shifted even in the last five years and mm. they're remaining completely physically intact, free from the cancers that plague men when they take cross sex hormones. I'm putting up a podcast from yesterday with Linda Blade, and I referred to this, the Coronary Drug Project, where with over 8,000 men who were given estrogen, a fourth died. Now, wow. this is something that's not talked about. And this was a project that ran from the 60s to the mid 70s. Now, yeah. what is it that today we're seeing women bearing the burden of cultural misogyny because they're the ones getting double mastectomies. They're the ones taking life-ending hormones. Artificial testosterone is not a gift to them. It causes all sorts of physical ailments and cancers. So this is where the trans movement itself is proving what the feminists have been stating. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a there's a there's a trans man, uh, trans identified woman um, named uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, I want to say someone who's actually the opposite of her. Who is it? Noah Halpin is is this person's name. They're they're an advisor to the Irish government, you know, and. I said, I've said it many times, they're never out of the hospital, never out of, you know, you, they're either tweeting about going to the hospital or tweeting about coming back from the hospital or they're tweeting about, about how it's hard to get, to get the procedures they want in, in Ireland. The, you know, the, these people have damaged their bodies to such an extent that they have to bring it into doctors like regularly, like, like it's a car and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they have to just go to the mechanic all the time. So it's it's really frightening that this person is advising the Irish government. And and sure enough, there was one uh, person who Noah Halpin posted photographs of their scarred body after a double mastectomy and said, look at this, look at this young man, you know, he's perfection, uh, she said, you know. And then again, a few months later, a few weeks later, this person is going to the going to the hospital because, you know, there's some complication from from this experimental and, um, uh, you know, reckless uh, 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 experiment on women. So it's, um, it, it, you know, and, and, and that goes to another thing as well. I mean, one thing that I find genuinely frightening about this is, you know, you, you see these experiences of young girls who are straight, but they have been looking at gay porn, gay porn with gay men and they have been imagining themselves in this situation and they are being told from a very young age that if they have all these procedures that they will be perceived as men and you know finally gay men are saying no <laughs> you know so so these are the same gay the same gay men are, who are saying no are the same gay men who would sign uh uh petitions about against J.K. Rowling, who would, you know, shout trans rights, but they still say no when it comes to the crunch, you know, and these women, like, I remember once, the the, the, the opposite story, actually, a, a lesbian who had transitioned, and she was going out with, um, what was it? What, what, oh, yeah, she, she, she uh, looked very, very like a man. And she was complaining because she was saying, you know, I get, I get, I go with these women and they, and they see that I have a vagina and they're freaked out. <laughs> and, and she says, what's the problem? I have a drawer full of dildos. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, and and, right. and th that's someone who has been, you know, I use this term in my house of Lords thing, but that is someone who is under a spell, you know, and, and, that that's the scary thing to me. That's the really frightening thing to me is that all these young kids have been told a complete lie from from when they were very young. And when reality hits them, you know, they talk about um, the trans suicide epidemic and stuff. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy, because when you tell people there won't be any problem with you and gay, gay men, they'll think you're a man. Or when you tell people, oh, no, women will think you're you're uh, um, uh women will think you're a man if you're if you're into women um and then they find out that's not true well i think you will see a, a suicide epidemic you know and I, and I and i'm i'm really frightened about that that's another reason why i can't shut up about this you know
it's shocking. Most people who see what's happening, they either get immediately involved or they step way back because they're like, I don't have time for that, right? And yeah. um, some people have even mentioned the mental health toll it takes on them. Uh, I was invited just recently to a group for women who are dealing with the mental health fallout just related to fighting this. Right. And right. I can understand why, Graham. It's, it, that's why I don't, I try to stay away from it. Um, I haven't this year just because of Biden coming into office, making the executive order that is now decimating women's and girls' rights, especially in sports, but in other areas as well. And I don't think that people realize that this isn't about women hating trans-identified people. I, I don't think that most people understand until they're in the thick of it that this is going to touch upon basic human rights for women and girls. As you mentioned, this isn't happening to men. When that woman who identified as a man went into that East London gym a couple years ago and was kicked out, Pink News didn't even write a piece on it. It was a non-issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Doesn't that tell you a lot? Like I remember, I, I heard a story. I know um, there's a story I really want to tell at some point because it because my my wife used to be in a roller uh, derby uh, group. You know, I remember thinking this is a bit of a rough sport. Why are all these men in this uh, racing around on this track with the women? And then I realized, oh, okay, they're trans, they're trans, they're, they identify as women, you know? And someone told me that the, the way that roller derby became essentially a mixed sport is a real scandal, you know? And I think it was one of the first sports that, 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 that kind of sneaked this in. I mean, it's, uh, if, you're, if, you, if you wanna hurt women, roller derby is the way to do it, you know? You just get into it and, you know, you can bash people about. And someone told me a story that there were these two trans-identified males uh, who were on a roller derby team and they were they were uh, this this trans man uh, wanted to get on the team and they they were like mm, no this is for women <laughs> you know but eventually they thought she's small it won't make a difference <laughs> and they let her on they let her on because they knew they could uh, they could just you know melt her on the on the on the track so you know, it's it's I I, I the, the the fallout when women find out how much they've been tricked and how much they've been um, led along uh, by all this stuff. I really dread to think about it. You know. But this gets back to what do we do with the people who might even be our friends who are transgender, and the fact that we sort of have to square what we're saying about forced language, ideological whitewashing, brainwashing even, and the fact that what was once a very rare condition, gender dysphoria, now is being foisted upon us. Well, look at what's happened the past year. It's all over the media. We're hearing about lockdown first, trans people second. It's like you would almost think there weren't devastating wars going on in Syria and Yemen. Yeah. Yet, the focus on these identities is, is exhausting. It really is taking away from the much more needed discussions about housing, food mm. shortage. Mm. Just in the countries, uh, you know, like every single country needs to be discussing housing because I don't think there is a Western country even that has sorted out the housing crisis. Oh, yeah. Why are we being slammed with this? Because I just 
don't understand how we can exit, make an exit strategy and exit this problem with our friends in tow who identifies transgender and then say, oh, but they get the exceptional language because that's how it started. I was there in the 90s when we were saying she to refer to men because it was like a ha ha ha, let's be mm. cute. But it's no longer cute. Certainly no longer cute. That pendulums swing the other way. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the amount of energy, uh, you know, just to go back to what you were saying about the, uh, you know, the more important issues in, in the world, but the amount of energy that smart, brilliant women have to expend on, on, on reminding people that there are two sexes and that sex is immutable. I mean, it's, it's apart from anything else, it's insulting that women have to make these arguments. It's just outrageous that their energy is being spent on this. However, I do think that it's a war. It's a war on women. You know, the, 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 we're talking about, we're talking about, they're talking about rolling back things that the suffragettes won, right? So you, 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 we're talking about going back to a pre-suffragette era where the urinary leash was in place and, and women couldn't go far from their homes because they weren't public toilets. If you make toilets mixed, then you're essentially destroying women's women's um, uh, women's toilets in public so the the kind of um, so so in in one sense I totally agree that, that, that it's it's just an insulting thing that women have to, to have to fight this stuff but at the same time I do think it's a war I think it's uh, and I think it's just as important as as other um, things that are going on at the moment because if they win, it, it, it'll be a disaster and it's and it's and it's being won at the moment because people you know as i say there's all the adults are just thinking well there's other people who understand it it's confusing it's confusing so i'll leave it to the people who understand it and it's like it's not confusing it's they are just changing words and that's confusing you you know it's actually very very clear what's happening so my feeling is until our narrative is the one that is the uh, you know, is given equal time on the radio, equal time on TV, is 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 discussed in a in a grown up way, then, you know, we have to fight it like it's a war, and and it's dreadful that that it's taking a mental toll on people, but, you know, it is a war. It is it is it it, it really is. You know, it's a war on women. It's you know what it is is that all these guys on the internet who are like I'm a leftist and I'm trans friendly, and they all claim to be so leftist. But when you ask them what historical materialism is about, to try and chip away at their arguments, they recognize that it would be absurd for any Tory prime minister to tell a poor person to identify as rich. But their get out of jail card for them is yes, uh, men who identify as women are women. And yeah. that doesn't make sense if you're going to call yourself a historical materialist or a leftist. And so I find it like really ironic that they're making this about our bigotry and they don't yeah. realize that they've reversed. It's really a projection of sorts of, and it's unfortunately leftist men and women. I'm not seeing so much misogyny from the right. And it's a real eye opener for me. Because in the days of Thatcher, I would never have thought these people will be my allies one day. I know. I know. Here we are. You know. Here we are. Here we are. How do we get out of this, though? I mean, obviously fighting, but is there a strategy 
that's working better than others? Or is it just the mixture of everyone doing their own thing that's having the best effect? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I realize I'm beginning to realize that there's no way of there's no megaphone you can grab that will get the message across to everyone at the same time. All avenues are being closed down. Like, for instance, I just found out that uh, this week, I'm sure you, you saw that Amazon are saying that they won't stock any books that, that call that that say that gender identity is to do with dysphoria. So the what we were talking about earlier about how to treat these very rare individuals who are suffering from this psychological problem is getting further and further away and amazon is going to ban books that discuss it so it's um it's 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 hard it, you know you really have to work person to person you have to tell family and friends you know people who don't have a hierarchy above them have to try and come out of the closet so to speak um and and put their names behind it um uh you know it's just i've never seen anything more that's that's really about the individual about individual fights individual battles um because there's no mass movement because everyone's terrified of being of being shot by snipers i mean that's the thing and if you're if you're like the sole figure in a landscape then a sniper is going to take you out but if you're if you're you know an army then you know they'll get a couple of you but but you know you'll eventually beat them but at the moment everyone's running out individually and they're just being picked off so it's uh it's it's i i have no answer to that all i can do all i know is that i will not um stop fighting it until you know children are safe until women's spaces are safe you know i i can't i can't stop fighting it because it's um because it's 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 a world it's a it really is a, a hinge moment in history and i don't want to be I, i'm not going to be on the side against women in this I, I just can't um i just have to keep going you know and what does your family say about this you've been involved in this now for several years what does your wife and kids say about your involvement? oh no did you not know i've, I've, I've you know my my marriage ended because of this you know that's was, right. Uh, Sorry yeah. about that. Yes. No, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, there was just uh, between things like police visits, um, uh, being sued, uh, you know, losing work. It, it all just piled up, you know, and um, the stress of it was uh, was in the end uh, unmanageable by us. We couldn't we couldn't figure it figure it out. But I couldn't stop because it's about children and women. Um, and um and my wife just couldn't put up with the stress. So, you know, it is what it is, you know? I still live nearby, I see my kids all the time. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But I'm by far from the only person who this has happened to. A lot of, a lot of relationships, not just between husbands and wives or boyfriends and girlfriends, but between family members have broken down uh, because of this, because the, prevailing um view of what we're saying is that we're bigots you know and like i'll tell you an interesting thing cara cara dansky uh told me which is that you know she was trying to speak to a friend about this and the friend literally stuck her fingers in her ears <laughs> you know yeah. i mean it's that bad these people just do not know how to be but and i think part of that is self-defense because they know that if they that woman knew that if she took her fingers out of her ears, she would be despised as much as 
Cara, you know, and she doesn't want that because, you know, women possibly, you know, even more than men, you know, are social creatures. And and the sorry, creatures is such an old fashioned sexist word. <laughs> sorry, but you know what I mean. Social animals. <laughs> That's even <Right>. worse. <laughs> but you know, so this, your social circles are one thing. Are one thing that will disappear if you if my if my wife had supported me, she would have lost a lot of friends. So you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's it's uh, you know. De, it, it, it's destabilizing and, de, and derailing and, and all those sort of things. But the way I think of it now is it is a war. It's a war. It's a war waged online and a war of, of petitions and crowdfunders, but it is a war. And why do you think, I mean, you and I, I think are in agreement in the fact that this is very much an MRA action mm. that's taking place using the bodies now, more bodies of women than men. But it's about men's rights and it's an assault of women's rights through men's rights by these smiling men like reclaim the streets has all these men in there telling me what a turf i am and i'm thinking i'm supposed to feel safe in this group because you're an ally like if i can't even say that men are men then of course i can't defend myself against a potential attacker of any sort so what is it that we have and this is cross-cultural because, it, you know, Britain has a very different culture than Western United States, which has a different culture from the Southern United States or New Zealand. What is it that's happening that there's a rage of men against women? And they're not a majority, but they're a powerful minority. Yes, yes, they've got a real voice. You know, it's like, I, 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 I sometimes use Jimmy Savile as, as an example of this, but, but, but there's also um, Jenny's boyfriend in, uh, in Forrest Gump. I call it the, Jenny, the, Jenny, the Jenny's boyfriend. Are you, are you a fan of Forrest Gump? Yes. Yes, me too. I love that film. Um, uh, I think it was very misunderstood when it came out. People were saying it was very right wing and stuff, you know, but it was actually about the battle in America between, between two points of view. Um, uh, but I thought they nailed the hippie years in the sense that it was all about freedom and it was, you know, it was, it was these, uh, Jenny just thought she was being free and liberated. And then she has at one point this boyfriend who is wearing a kind of army combat jacket, but he's a hippie, he's got a beard. Um, and as soon as he has an argument with Jenny, he slaps her across the face, you know? And I, and, and that Jenny's boyfriend that's the left at the moment, you know, that's the, especially the, that's the male left at the moment, you know, and, and I think the problem is even worse than it was during the hippie years, which were just as sexist as, as any other years, but they just tricked themselves into thinking they weren't. Um, uh, but now Jenny's boyfriend can communicate with every other Jenny's boyfriend in the world. And they are, you can see him in, in, in the film when he looks at Forrest he's just got this you know look of absolute hatred and rage at this at this person um and Forrest you know Forrest punches him and and teaches him a lesson and it's all very good in the movie but in Mm -hmm. in 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 the online world these Jenny Jenny's boyfriends are all communicating and coordinating and stopping people from getting on websites and stopping stopping people from communicating talking to each other and and god it wouldn't Jenny's boyfriend have liked to have hit Jenny in private away from 
the pr prying eyes of Forrest or anyone else, you know, and now they can. And so I think the Jenny's boyfriends are coordinating. I think the Savills are coordinating. I think the, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of groups, some more innocent than others, um, uh, but they're coordinating online and, and it's difficult. It's very, very difficult to fight them, you know. I look at this and I think there's a majority of people are in agreement with us, but out of the people in agreement with us, the majority are afraid to say it yeah. or say it out loud or say it online or say it in mixed company. And it's wild because we're living in this quasi Stasi era where people almost, you know, metaphorically have to turn on the radio while they talk to you about it yeah, because yeah, yeah. people are so afraid of being judged. And, and a lot of this is due to social media. Everyone can see everything that you say and think and you put it out there and then it's judgment time. It's almost like social media is this unexpected gong show. Do you remember the gong show? Or, or what's uh, yeah so you you put something out there and you just hope you don't get gonged and <laughs> how did we build such a ridiculous medium that discussion went from being able to say oh well i actually i didn't like that movie instead of i'm gonna call your employer and if you didn't yeah. like that movie then you must be uh you know well uh, someone told me that sharon osborne just lost her her show because she, because someone said that Piers Morgan was racist because he criticized Meghan Markle, and Sharon Osbourne said that's not racist to criticize criticize someone, uh, and she lost her show. You know, uh, I, I mean, you know, one of the things that was almost a cliche growing up was America's Americans constantly saying we believe in free speech. You know, we have a thing called free speech over here, buddy. You know. And and it's and it's the it's the country where free speech died first.
Thank you.